You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, hey, good morning, everyone. Wow, it filled up uh, since service started. I, I heard you guys, and I was like, man, uh, you guys are singing loud and proud, but now I see, man, Good morning. I know it might look like Pastor Ben was left in the dryer for too long and he shrunk a little bit, but no, it's me. It's Pastor Bobby. I don't know if you noticed or not. Uh, I am here this morning. I want to wish you all Merry Christmas. Yeah. Amen. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love it. Uh, do, do we need to get the wiggles out real quick? If we want to stand, get the wiggles out. We all good? All right. Well, I want to say uh, thank you, Pastor Sean, uh, for doing the announcements, for welcoming us this morning. Thank you, Pastor Doug. It was good to see you here again. And thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. Though you guys were few this morning, you were mighty. And I thank you guys so much uh, for leading us this morning. And uh, man, just for blessing me and giving me the opportunity to worship here with the congregation. And and thank you guys uh, for being here today. I know that you could have taken a long weekend, uh, but I appreciate you uh, being here this morning with us. Man, did everyone have a great Christmas? Did you guys have a great day yesterday? Everyone have a good time? Anyone do anything fun or exciting? Did anyone get any presents? Uh, yeah? Oh, man, I heard some, yeah. I got some presents. I got a nice coffee mug. It was wonderful. I know that makes me sound really old, but I loved it. Man, I would love to hear some of what you guys got as well. So I, maybe on the count of three, if you could just shout to me some of the things you got. Uh, all right, you ready? One, two, three. Come on, what'd you get? That sounded awesome. So I, 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 every present sounded like a present that I would want as well. Let me tell you, Christmas is one of my favorite times of year. And uh, one of the things that I love is hearing about all of these different traditions, all these different things that people do around the holidays. And, and we actually asked on Facebook this week some of the special traditions that uh, some of you guys do around the holidays. And here are some of your responses. Uh, one family said on Christmas Eve, they all get these new set of pajamas. I love some Christmas. Christmas jammies, and then they all watch a different Christmas movie every year uh, before falling asleep by the tree. Oh, right, right? Mm, yeah, Jones family, I see you. Uh, someone shared that their family watches It's a Wonderful Life every year on Christmas Eve, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I actually watched it on Christmas Eve as well. Another uh, person shared how their family uh, decorates for Christmas every year the day after Thanksgiving. Anyone do that here? I know a lot of people do that. I did not do that this year. It waited a couple weeks after that. But uh, they decorate for Christmas the day after Thanksgiving every year. And every year they try to incorporate a different nativity set from around the world, which is, I think, something that's pretty cool. And even another family shared that every year on Christmas Eve, their family eats meatball subs. Come on. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Sign me up. And my family, we also had some uh, Christmas traditions that we did. And some might even consider what my family did growing up as cruel and unusual punishment. See, every year on Christmas Eve, we would go to my grandparents' house, and we would have a gift exchange with all my cousins, aunts, and uncles. And I know, it sounds great, but wait. 
See, everyone would show up with their arms full of presents. And, and the warmth of the house, it would almost swallow up all the cold that tried to sneak in from the outdoors. And, and the smell of ham and hot cocoa and cinnamon, it danced across the air, filling every square inch of the house. And, and there would be Christmas-themed tablecloths draped over all the tables. And, and, and there would even be poinsettias that would be littered across every windowsill and every available shelf that was possible. But as everyone walked in, all the parents would head downstairs with their gifts, and all the children waited in eager expectation upstairs. See, there was one rule that every child had to follow at Nana's and Papa's on Christmas Eve, and, and, it, and that was that absolutely no children were allowed in the basement to see the presents or the Christmas tree until the end of the night. Man, makes me want to do a Charlie Brown walk. Right? Right? Oh, man. But at the end of the night, all of us cousins, we would line up at the top of the stairs. And my Uncle Mike, who was a basketball coach, he would announce us coming down the stairs like we were part of the starting lineup for the Pistons. You know, here, coming at a whopping four feet, two inches, at a 55 pounds. Though he is the smallest of the family, he is mighty and he is scrappy. Bobby Hill! Man, and for eight years, for eight years, for eight years. I would be the last one down the stairs since I was the youngest of all my cousins until my little sister was born. And so every year we would get called down the stairs like we were part of the bad boys and we would be paraded with cheers from everyone as we made our way into the crowded basement. And though it felt miserable at the time waiting to see the Christmas tree and look at and open all the presents, looking back now, I'm glad my family had that tradition. See, I remember so many of those moments being filled with the awe and wonder of looking at the tree. You know, I was unable to hide the smile as I came running as fast as I could down the stairs. And every year, it was like I was being teleported into Narnia or into a, a winter wonderland. As we wrap up our series this morning on awe and wonder, I want to remind you that throughout this series, we've been talking about God's miraculous work throughout the Christmas story. And, and what I love about this is uh, that finding uh, awe and wonder with God comes in so many different forms and fashions. And, and then I think sometimes, sometimes we tend to think of being in awe as experiencing this huge miracle, when really it can also be something as simple as the glowing eyes of a child, or maybe a text message at the right moment, or, or even a, a smile from a caring friend at the right time as well. How might God be trying to speak to us? And are we prepared to respond to him? And are we looking for his on wonder? In the Christmas for, uh, story, for example, we see God speaking through the voices of prophets. We see uh, God speak through visions of angels. We see God speak to people in dreams while they lay fast asleep. We also see the Holy Spirit's miraculous work in uh, the virgin birth and through the incarnation. And in the Christmas story, we see God speak to both men and women, to the royalty and wealthy, and to the lowly working class as well. And God spoke, he, he spoke not only through prophets, but he also used the words of scriptures written hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And the stars in the sky, they even acted as a beacon to lead people to the birth of God's son, like the weather ball in Grand Rapids. You know, sometimes we like to think of the booming voices of the angels speaking to the shepherds or these other huge moments as the one where God really moved. 
but what I love is that when you read the whole Christmas story, when you read through the whole thing, God speaks to people while they sleep as well. He uses words from Scripture that they have read maybe dozens or even hundreds of times to help show them the significance of what is happening in their midst. The miraculous, it's, it's sometimes even something that only one person in the story experiences or understands. So maybe you've been hoping that God would speak to you in some miraculous way, and, and you don't see that he may be trying to speak through the Bible or through a parent or a mentor or a pastor or a friend. You may even be hoping that God answers your prayers without seeing that he is trying to use you to be the miracle for somebody else and to be an answer for their prayers. In the Christmas story, we can see this very truth in the tale of the wise men, or, or the magi, as they're called, found in Matthew chapter 2, in verses 1 through 12. See, while the world around them lay quietly sleeping, these men who made a living of studying the stars saw something that no one else saw. And while the world was praying, hoping that their Messiah would come, these men were journeying to see that very same Messiah Savior and Lord. You see, no one else was responding to the star because they didn't see it. And they didn't see it because they weren't looking for it. See, throughout this series, we've uh, had some children from our Gateway Kids ministry uh, read the Christmas story and, and hearing Addie and hearing Ellie and hearing Petra read the story of Jesus' birth reminded me uh, of a similar sense of amazement, of awe, and of wonder. See, sometimes we need to hear the story through the tender voice of a child in order for it to come alive in us once again. And so I hope that hearing the story of the wise men today will open your eyes to see the story yourself with a fresh sense of awe and wonder. And today I asked my friend Edward uh, to read us Matthew 2, 1 through 12. He filmed it earlier this week and he crushed it. Uh, so take a look this morning and here is the story of the wise men. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Maggie, from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, What is the one who has been born King of the Jews? They saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born, in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for this young, for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen 
when it broke, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the stone, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with a gift of gold, frankincense, and moon. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Edward, so much for that. Man, you did such a great job of sharing the scripture this morning. The first question I want to ask you guys today is where are you looking for God working? What we see in this story is that a miracle was in front of the whole world, and yet only a few people responded to it. In the story, we see that there's this star in the sky, this beacon of light, and it is a star so significant that it caused these wise men to leave their homes in order to find out what the star meant. And so imagine you were living 2,000 years ago in the desert. You couldn't drive anywhere. Cars didn't exist yet. You couldn't uh, check Google. You couldn't go on YouTube. I saw Barrett on YouTube this morning. You couldn't go on YouTube. You couldn't check Instagram to see what others were saying about the star. You couldn't ask influencers. And traveling anywhere, it meant imminent danger. So imagine these guys packing up their belongings and setting off on an adventure like Indiana Jones to see what this star meant. See, for all they knew, this star could have meant nothing. But the chance that it meant more was too good for them to pass up. See, there's a measure of faith that is needed for these guys to take everything they have, leave their homes for what sounds like years in order to see what this star meant. There's a level of sacrifice. There's a level of selflessness needed as well. They didn't just have faith, but their faith led to action. And hearing this story and realizing the step of faith that they took, it challenges me about my own priorities and my personal faith. Would I have responded to the same way, uh, in the same way as these guys did? Would, would I even have been looking in the sky in the first place? Sometimes we may be missing out on a miracle because we aren't looking for it or we aren't experiencing it or maybe we, we aren't even praying or asking God for it. Or maybe we're too busy looking for our own miracle that we miss what God is doing in the rest of the world around us. See, the story of the wise men and the star, it actually reminds me of a story that took place right in Grand Rapids, Michigan. One Christmas Eve long ago, young Chris, he was lying awake in bed trying to listen for the sound of Santa's sleigh bells as he came near. But instead of sleigh bells, Chris hears the bellowing sound of a train engine. See, from there, uh, Chris, he quickly gets whisked away on the Polar Express and taken to the North Pole where he gets to meet Santa and he is picked. He is chosen to receive the very first Christmas gift. Man. But instead of asking for something spectacular or something expensive, instead of asking for a new car, he only asks to have one of the tiny little bells on Santa's sleigh. A bell that one can only hear if they believe in him. Chris's sense of, of wonder and wanting a sleigh bell from Santa's sleigh, it shows that he was the right person to receive that first gift of Christmas. That, yet I think so often we get caught up in our own lives that we miss what, what God is trying to do around us. But 
this story of the Polar Express and this story of the wise men, it shows us that there are things happening all around us. Man, imagine if Chris wasn't in bed waiting to hear Santa's sleigh bells. Or imagine the wise men never took a moment to study the stars and see the star of Bethlehem. They would have missed what God was doing in their midst. We need not only to look and see how God might be working, but we also need to ask ourselves how we are responding to God's work. How are you responding to God's work around you? This story isn't just about paying attention to the awe and wonder around us, but it is also about how each one of us responds to God's work and when he speaks or moves or acts on our behalf. And in this story of the wise men, we see three different people's responses to the star in the sky. See, it says in verse 3 that when Herod heard about the star, he was disturbed. So upon hearing that there was a Messiah, upon hearing that there was a star in the sky, King Herod, he responded with fear. Imagine that you hear, the Savior of the entire world was born, and then cowering and being afraid. You know, I almost picture Herod responding like Kevin McAllister. He hears that this star is in the sky, and he goes, oh, wow, that was loud, right? Now you're awake. <laughs> but, you know, slapping his, heads, his hands on his face. I picture Herod, uh, yeah, anyway, but I'm thrown off now. <laughs> but this isn't the same fear uh, that the shepherds had when they saw uh, the angels in the sky, like Pastor Ben talked about last week. Uh, this is a fear about what the birth of Jesus meant for Herod as the king. At the time Jesus was born, Herod was known himself as the king of the Jews. He was ruler over the Jewish people, much like a governor over a state or maybe a mayor over a city. And though he was still subject to Caesar and Rome, he had a lot of power that he gained through war and through bloodshed. See, see, Herod, he didn't earn his kingship by birth like kings are supposed to. Instead, he became king through wealth and through might and through power. And so hearing that a king was born and from the line of King David, it made Herod afraid that there was someone more worthy of the crown than him. So you could say he was shook, y'all. See, Herod knew that, that, that he would have to change his life, that he would have to lay down his power and serve King Jesus if people knew that Jesus was the rightful and worthy king. And King Herod, he loved having this power that he had. He loved having all this freedom and having all this money. And so instead of responding to the birth of Jesus with wonder, he instead responded like Kevin McAllister. Right? Man, it makes me wonder, though. How often do we respond to a situation with fear instead of trusting God? How often do we not surrender something to God because we feel like having our way or doing what we want instead of putting our trust and faith in what God knows best? See, this fear led Herod to this group of religious leaders. And in verses 4 and 5, it says that when Herod called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. See, while Herod responded to the news of Jesus with fear and disturbance, the religious leaders of the time, they responded with sheer indifference. These religious leaders were the ones 
who told both Herod and the wise men where Jesus was to be born. See, they heard about the star in the sky, and they knew that these wise men came looking for a new king. But what we read in the story is that their devotion to God, it stopped at what they knew about him. See, they knew that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But they weren't willing to actual, actually travel to Bethlehem to see him. When told about the Savior of the world, they didn't feel like being inconvenienced. So they stayed at home instead. It's like being invited to a party and, and not committing one way or the other whether you want to go. And so you cancel at the last minute and stay at home. You know, how many of you guys do that around the holidays? Just me? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. All right. Guilty as charged, I guess. So. But some of us, we may know a whole lot about the Bible, just like they, they did, but we fail to actually do what it says. We know we're supposed to love our neighbors, but we don't actually get to know the people who live next door to us. We're told to love our enemies, yet we blast a politician or a doctor or a leader on social media. We're told not to gossip, but yet we can't wait to spread that secret that was told to us in confidence. See, we're told in Scripture to be meek, and yet so often we're rude, mean, abrasive, and maybe even sometimes a little passive-aggressive. I'm not saying you guys are passive-aggressive, but some people are sometimes passive-aggressive. You see, we may even know who the Savior of the world is, but not actually know him personally. Maybe we are indifferent religious people, not much different from the ones mentioned in this story. Because, I mean, it's a lot easier, right? It's a lot easier to, to know the Bible and to read the Bible and to study the, the Bible instead of actually doing what it says. It's a lot easier for us to go to church once a week or, or once every now and then or once every Christmas than it is to give Jesus our whole entire life. See, how often do we miss out on what God is doing in us and around us and trying to maybe even do through us because we, even we, are indifferent. See, we end up seeing Jesus as this self-help guru and we miss out that he is our Lord and Savior who has called and commissioned us to reach the lost and bring heaven to earth. See, the religious leaders, they initially missed this star in the sky, but they knew the scriptures. And even though the men uh, the wise men, they didn't know the scriptures. They took action because they knew God was speaking to them through the stars. What we see in these wise men is, is they were the only ones. They were the, the only ones in this part of the Christmas story who actually responded with awe and wonder to the birth of Jesus. That, that these men, they left everything they had. They went from town to town and, and through the Lincoln Tunnel until they ended up in a small town of Bethlehem. And, and once they got there, they didn't just go, oh, hey, buddy. You know? They gave Jesus the best things that they had to offer. It says that they were filled with joy, and then they bowed down and worshipped him. They gave him whatever they had. Gold, frankincense, but wait, there's myrrh. Uh, they gave him whatever they had, including their wealth and their devotion. And so sometimes we need to realize the awe and wonder we've already experienced in Jesus. So many of us, we were lost and we were broken. A lot of us were facing obstacles that we didn't know how to overcome, and yet we have forgiveness. We've received healing. We've gotten wholeness. We've found redemption. We have salvation 
in Jesus. And if we have lost that sense of awe and wonder of what he has done for us on the cross, if, if we miss what Christmas really means for us, then, then we need to capture that sense of awe and wonder once again. Just like a child feels when walking down the stairs on Christmas. Just like Chris hearing Santa's sleigh bells for the first time. Last week, we had a couple people who are newer to our church uh, share their stories of how Jesus has worked miracles in their lives. And then we had everyone fill out a card and share ways that they needed to experience a miracle. And we ended service by having everyone set their requests at the altar. And this morning, I want to show a video of two more people who shared their story. And in a moment, we will be singing one last song by Candlelight. And uh, so just prepare for that in a second. And it's up to parents also uh, for you guys, whether you want your kids to have open flame or not. Uh, I trust you guys to know that. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't, but I trust you. (laughs) No, but here uh, is how God is working in the lives of Brandon and Lisa. If you want to take a look at the screens this morning. My name is Lisa Hahn. My name is Brandon Gerard. When I was younger, I attended church with my grandma up until about 10 years old. And I hadn't been in a church for a little while. Once she passed away, I stopped going. I don't know if I had a relationship with with Jesus. I've always been kind of a believer of God, but I never really followed God. I was unhealthy, uh, making some just poor uh, lifestyle choices. I had some um, uh, problems in my life that I didn't know how to face in my life prior to to September. It's just been a rough year. Kind of at um, the lowest point of my life. I came here because I drive past this church a lot. My um, daughters go to school uh, not too far uh, away from here and I was really, really looking for a church and wanting to get connected. From day one, everybody at Gateway has just been welcoming I'm not a person that usually says God's working in me, but somehow, some way, I ended up here. I felt like I was going in the completely wrong direction. Kind of changed my perspective of what church-going people are or um, Christians. From the minute I came to Gateway, um, I really liked that I was, I don't know, this place is awesome. There's a lot of energy. Just from coming to Gateway from day one, everybody was welcoming and made me kind of realize, you know what, I don't think I have the right idea of what this church or church in general is, so then I continued to go. And, uh, I really just enjoyed everyone uh, and how they interacted with, with me and made me feel comfortable. I um, reached out to a mentor uh, who has helped me start to learn about you know, God and Jesus' story and about the Bible. I feel like I've um, really stepped out of my comfort zone and uh, started getting involved with uh, a man camp. I have also, um, for the first time ever, uh, I have opened a Bible. Now I did some hot cocoa the, the other day, and I have never done anything at church as a volunteer. So and now I'm, I'm, I'm reading the Bible now, and also um, I'm praying every night. I love the fact that I can find forgiveness. Um, and know know that it, um, know that it's accepted. I have witnessed God answer my prayers. 
just feel overall happy and, and I think at the end of the day all these little things keep adding up in a big way in my life and I got chills because it was the first time that I really realized that God is with me and he's answering my prayers and it was powerful I've been in churches where it, it doesn't feel comfortable being at church uh, <laughs> and I would go because I, I would make somebody else happy uh, um, and this is the first time in my life that I'm feeling happy. It just becomes so almost overwhelming that God is with us and even when you don't think he is, he's there and it, it, it was amazing to me to experience that. Honestly, this is just me being real here. I am not the typical church religious person like I, I I'm learning my own path I can't believe from where I started um, being just believing in God kind of believing but I didn't really know him but now I'm on this faith journey of really knowing God and his story and Jesus and the parts of the Bible and I want to continue that growth I love the idea of that Jesus given forgiveness by dying on a cross and that is something that took me a long time to even understand and I get to feel that here and just that's it's a wonderful feeling I, I don't know how to explain it but I, I I got to feel that here as well as Marcus and Gabby who shared last week for sharing your stories. And I love how Brandon and Lisa, they both shared uh, not just how God is working in their lives, but how it has led them to action as well, just like these wise men. And it's so cool hearing uh, Brandon serving at church for the first time and, and finding community at our Connect Group Man Camp. And, and I love hearing that Lisa's gotten a mentor here from our church while also praying and reading the Bible time. And to be honest, what I love just as much is how God is using the people of the Gateway Church to walk with them. So thank you for mentoring people. Thank you for investing in people. Thank you for sharing the gospel with people and letting them into your homes and letting them into your lives. And, and I hope that you can see these stories that your sacrifices are making a difference in eternity. And maybe they can be an encouragement to someone else that God will meet them where they're at as well. See, as we conclude this series, I want to ask you this morning, will you stand with me today? And uh, we're going to have Let's reflect on all that God has done and, and the way he's working in our lives. We're going to have Sean uh, start the candle lit part here. Sean, you can go ahead and start. We're going to sing a song together that talks about the beauty and meaning of Christ's birth from the story of the wise men. And as we light our candles today, I, I want to 
I want you to look at that literal light in the darkness. And maybe you need to try to grasp that sense of awe and wonder once again. See, maybe you feel like you've been living in darkness without hope or, or without joy, without direction. Let the light around you remind you that, that not only do we have hope in a savior, but that we can draw from, we can learn, we can find hope in one another as well. Let's not lose our sense of awe and wonder. But let's take a moment, let's, let's reflect and let's sing together and ask God to help us find that sense of hope once again. Let's sing this together. Christmas for some can be amazing and Lord I know for others it can be hard it can be lonely maybe in the loss of a loved one or, or in the season of life they thought they might be in or with the brokenness in their family Lord and so I just pray for a thrill of hope with these people Day, Lord, and I pray that you would open our eyes to experience your awe and wonder today, Lord, that I pray that if anyone here hasn't experienced you, hasn't accepted you, hasn't chosen to follow you, Lord, that they would follow after you today. And Lord, I pray for those, uh, those indifferent people as well, that they might know who you are. They might know a lot about the Bible, but Lord, it's been a long time since they've had an encounter with you. Lord, I pray that you would meet them in a profound and a real way today. Lord, and I pray for us, the, the faithful here who follow after you. Lord, that in your story, that you have these men from among the nations coming to follow Jesus. And at the end of this story of Matthew, you have sent Jesus' followers to the nations. Lord, let us not miss how you've bookended this story of the nations coming to you and now you sending us to go to the nations, that you are calling, you are commissioning us to be that thrill of hope in other people's lives. You are calling us to be that answered prayer for someone. And Lord, I pray that you would work in me, but Lord, that you would also work through me, that you have called me your hands and your feet and your body here to bring your healing hands to a lost, hurting, and broken world. So Lord, I pray that you would fill me with your awe and your wonder and your light so that I can be a light in the darkness so I can be a hope 
to those around me. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in us and pray that you would work through us and know that you will be behind us, you will be before us, you will be all around us every single step of the way. Jesus, we thank you. It's so profound that we get to talk about the story of the wise men that came after your birth, the day after we celebrate your birth and your coming and the significance that that means, not just to us, but to the entire world. Let us not forget the power of the Christmas story and that sense of awe and wonder. Jesus, we give you the thanks and the praise in your name today. Amen. 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 Man, thank you guys so much for worshiping with us today. Uh, let's get the lights back up and you can blow. Oh my goodness, this one's burning really quick. You can blow your candle out and let's set them under your chairs this morning. So blow your candle out. Oh no. Oh, got it on the carpet. And let's make sure that we set them under once it's blown out uh, under our chairs this morning, just so that they don't get on the chairs. But anyway, uh, God bless you. Go in the grace of God today. And thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Hope you have a great Christmas and we will see you in 2022. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.